It's Black and Abdallah on a Wednesday night hanging out with you at 312-332-3776. How about this, Abdallah? We have a uh, special item tonight. It's an all-calls welcome Ooh. Wednesday. Black and Abdallah, it's sponsored nice by Tito's item. Handmade Vodka. That's right. All calls welcome at 312-332-3776. It's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. We'll take your calls on anything, but more importantly, we will start with the Chicago Bears. As earlier today, uh, they were listing Justin Fields after practice as doubtful for tomorrow's game against the Panthers. It's really a game the Bears must win. Uh, This is a situation, you enter this contest, you have to get a win, and Justin Fields will not be there. Tyson Bajan will be the starting quarterback once again for the Chicago Bears. It'll be his fourth attempt at starting quarterback last week i said i wanted to see more we saw more and clearly still want to see more uh, no i i i'm ready for justin fields to get out there you're gonna see more i'm ready for justin fields to get out there and to try and help this team win some games i don't think it's must win just because of the the draft implications right like yeah like that's fine you want to you want the number one pick but also, like, if you don't and you get the number two pick, that might not be the worst thing in the world if if uh, Caleb Williams is the first pick, right? Like, you might luck into Drake May or something like that. I think this is must win just for the franchise moving forward. You know, I keep going back to our conversation on Sunday on the pre-pregame show where where are the Bears? Are they ahead of schedule? Are they behind schedule? Are they right on schedule with this rebuild? I think it's obvious that they're behind schedule. But if you lose on a short week, even even with Tyson Bajan. Doesn't matter. Even with Tyson Bajan, the line didn't move. So Vegas was anticipating Tyson Bajan starting, or they don't believe that Justin Fields really adds anything. No, I don't think they thought that Fields would play. I, I agree with you. I feel like you would be a little bit higher if Fields yeah. were out there. So it's a three and a half. You're a three and a half point favorite at home against one of the two worst teams in the NFL. I, the Cardinals have technically lost more games, so they're in the number one spot right now for, but if you beat the Panthers, eventually they'll play the same amount of games. That's how the NFL works. As far as like your defense goes, like if you don't go out and stop this quarterback and stop Bryce Young, and I love Bryce Young in college. He was great in college. Great. We all questioned his size and all that kind of stuff going into the draft and everything, and rightfully so. And whether or not he was going to be able to be an elite quarterback in the league. And obviously, you know, we're looking at a situation where he's not that just yet. But it's still his first year. He still has time to learn. He threw three interceptions last week. Like, they're missing a ton of players on defense. Waddle talked about that ten minutes ago. For your defense to go out there and stop them. And for your offense to go out there and look the part. Clean pocket. No penalties, all that kind of stuff, right? You need to look like the team that's farther along in your rebuild than the Panthers are in their year one of their teardown rebuild, right? They started tearing it down last year, which is why the Bears got DJ Moore in the trade for the number one pick. You need to look like the better team. And if they lose this game, that's rock bottom. That is absolute, sorry, rock bottom theoretically uh the carolina offense is so bad the bears defense should feast it it should be a game that the defense controls as long as tyson bajan doesn't turn the football over you should get out of uh, the game tomorrow in a clean fashion with a nice victory not something we've really seen too often for this team or for the head coach matt eberflus in two years you know, go back to the Raiders game. That Raiders game, that was a clean football game. Mm-hmm. They led from the start. The defense played really well, created turnovers. Quarterback took care of uh, short fields, good opportunities. And the Bears rolled that to victory, and it was it was a nice win. 
Eberflus needs another nice win. And that's where we're, we're starting to kind of change our, our viewpoint on this season having any worth as far as trying to make the playoffs or, or getting something out of this season to the point that now the coaching staff is essentially coaching for their jobs. Because if they don't turn it around in the, at the end of the season here, they're going to be gone. That, that's just the matter of, uh, of what we're looking at with the record here. You can't be a head coach and only win five games in two seasons. You can't do that in mm-hmm. the NFL. No. And like I saw a graphic earlier today that was going around on Instagram or on TikTok showing past Bears coaches and the success that they have had or the lack thereof. And, you know, Lovey Smith was a very successful coach. Yeah. But like, you know, at this point, if we just called it right now, Tressman would be a more successful head coach than Matt Eberflus is to yeah. this point. His Yet offense all was better. Bears fans look at Tressman as an epic failure Dude, his, as a head coach that his, was here. His offense was great that first year. You know, John year. Fox, much farther ahead than what Eberflus has been to this point. It was a good defense point. that year. But that, that's my point is like when we're looking at this Eberflus regime and the two years that he's been here, he is now entering a territory where he is going to become the worst coach the Bears have ever hired. Yeah. That's tough to do. That's really, this team has been bad for a long time. That's yeah. really tough to do. And that's why I think it's important. You got to get a win tomorrow. And then also, you have to start building. I know you have the Lions uh, in a three-week span. You, you face them twice. You got to figure that out. You got to be competitive with the Lions. You're going to face a hot Minnesota team coming up. Like, you got to find some victories on the schedule so it's not as bad when we get to the very end. And I, th- I think that's why tomorrow is such an important game because this is a team, Carolina, the Panthers, is a team that you can beat. And their offense is bad. The defense for the Bears has been playing better in the last few weeks. Show up tomorrow. Win a defensive game. Bajant, don't turn the football over. You turning the football over the six interceptions in the three games that you've played is unacceptable right. as a backup. Keep the football with the Bears. Do not turn it over. And I think the Bears will have a chance tomorrow. All calls welcome on a Wednesday night. It's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. First up, Dave at his lake house. What's oh, up, Dave? Dave. Hey, guys. Um, so in uh, September 9th, though, Shay, I asked Shay, uh, Shay Norling, the yep. morning producer, yeah. about mm-hmm. about uh, the Arizona Wildcats at Mississippi State game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, he said... It's going to be a long season. But I know you guys are big college football guys. Sure. You, uh, Black, you're, uh, you're a big uh, Pac-12 guy, uh, mm-hmm. Pac-12 yeah. guy, uh, USC guy. And then, Abdallah, I know you watch the Pac-12, even though you're an Alabama fan. Of course. So, uh, so Arizona is 6-3 and three now. So, like I said, I love Shane. Bulls, but I wanted to call him out, though, because <laughs> he had a bad take. Take that, Shay. Wow. Take that. And uh, so, what? Uh, Black, did you watch yeah. that Arizona versus uh, USC game this year? Yeah, Arizona USC. Yeah, Arizona and, uh, USC slept walk at the start of the game for the entire first half. I thought they were going to lose that one. I was, I was kind of, I was really bad at the end at the end of the game, but yeah, like, twenty twenty Arizona was they lost didn't win a game. Twenty twenty one, they're one eleven. Twenty. 22 or five and seven and uh 2023 obviously they're six and three and i know i'm not anti-sparty i know he's a sparty guy but they're three and six though so take that uh, take that there you go great call my man thanks for the phone call you hear that all right take that 
and shout out to Dave. Dave's always listening to all of our shows at yeah. ESPN 1000. I think that's his first time calling in. He's a longtime tweeter, first time caller. So there you I go. Yeah. Shout out and uh, take that, Shay, as uh, his prediction about the Arizona Wildcats was wrong. Shocking from the Chicago's College Tailgate host, Shay Norling. Interesting. Uh, all calls welcome on a Wednesday night. Sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Brad on 290. You're on ESPN 1000. What's Hi, up, Brad? Brad? Hey, guys. It's been a while. I used to be Brad on the Kennedy, but now it's oh, coming back up? from Twin Peaks. Said hi to Waddle and Sylvie nice. and uh, coming back into town. Nice. Um, Did you have so a good right, time? Right now, uh, it, it was a good time. The, the sound cut out in the in uh, the restaurant for a little bit, but uh, all, other than that, all good. Um, anyways, with the Bears, kind of my fandom recently, you guys know like at night or you're doing something, you're cooking dinner, you just kind of throw on a show, The Office or something like that, and you just kind of play in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of kind of how I feel with the Bears right now. It's like there's there's no motivation to like watch this team. There's nothing positive really going on. Yeah, Fields has been hurt and everything, um, and you want him back in and kind of see like where he's at and what we're going to do at the end of the year. But it just kind of feels like uh, just some background noise. And I'll be at the game tomorrow, unfortunately. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of my point. They're just kind of like background noise to me at this point. I'm a diehard fan, and this is like the lowest of the low for me. Um, anyways, I'll hang up. You guys have a great show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Lowest point for a Bears fan right now. I'm not sure if this is it. No, I think I was lower, a little bit lower last year because last year you were actually kind of rooting for them to lose because it got to the point where you're like, okay, they started, like, they knew they were going to be bad. They start selling off pieces. Like, they were buyers at the deadline. They added Montez, like, you were buyers. You added. And I know they're not adding to try to make the playoffs, but there's too many guys that are going to be around. Like, Jalen Johnson wants to be around here. Get a pick tomorrow, right? Like, DJ Moore, show out against your former team. You know, Roshan, push for that starting job. Like, there's two. Montez, Sweat, how about a couple sacks tomorrow at home in your first home game as a Bear? That'd be nice. I would say this, though. On the flip side, last year there was hope still. There was hope that the quarterback might be the guy. There was hope that, yeah, this is a down year, but next year we're going to have momentum. We're going to be building. We're going to be a competitive team. Like that, I think that's where I understand the the thought that right now is the lowest point because you're two and seven. This is supposed to be year two of a rebuild, which means you should be around five hundred in the mix, losing tough games. You don't have enough talent, but things are moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Quarterback kind of balling out, and then you're like, okay, we have a guy. We know that this is going to work in the future. We don't have any of those answers. Do we know who the quarterback is for the future? No. Do we know who the head coach is for the future? Hopefully not. Uh, we, the Bears have, what, three blue chip players on the team? Sweat, Tremaine Edmonds. Can you give me DJ Moore? Yeah, and I'll then, give you DJ Moore. And then that's I it? I would give you DJ Moore before I gave you Tremaine Edmonds. Okay, yeah, but like those three. Yeah. And then you have a couple of guys that are like almost blue chippers, right? Like TJ Edwards and you got uh, Darnell Mooney, yeah, uh, Cole Komet, almost. Nope. No. Almost. He's an almost guy. No. We're not. There's not shades of blue. Yeah, there is. No. Yes, there is. I'm. What my point is that right now, perhaps it is the worst point in Bears history because what is the hope? It's almost like outside of the like five players that we mentioned, there's just question marks everywhere. Well, I think that the hope- Do you trust the GM. <sighs> 
it's a loaded question, right? You, it, some some moves have been great. Some have been terrible. Yeah. Do we do we trust him to build this team into a championship contending team in the future? I think I trust him more than I distrust him. Well, see, and that's my point is like we don't have answers on all of this. It's 51%, 49%. I mean, it's it's doubtful. <laughs> but he might play. He might be a good GM. We don't know. He's out. We don't know. But like, maybe he'll try. Like, I don't <laughs> think you can properly judge him yet because how long until you properly judge a draft, right? That, that's my point to me sit, yes. agreeing with Brad, suggesting yeah. no, no, this no. is the lowest point. I agree. I don't, I've, I'm not saying it's the lowest point. I've seen lower. I've seen lower. That last year with Tressman, come on. That was really bad. The team had better players on it, though. Yeah, but they were all done. Like, they were all done. They weren't trying out there, man. They were. They were all. No, I mean the team. I don't think the team they, has given up. They but quit I think on, that's they a di- quit on that's a different that's a different conversation. Yeah, but there's a difference between quitting on a coach and like guys are still invested. Like guys are still invested here. Oh, I agree with you on that, but I think that's a different conversation than what we're having. I think as a fan, seeing the guys try and still be two and seven is just as, if not more, depressing yeah. than a team that just quits on a coach. At least you could blame the coach. Yeah. If this group's trying and they're not good, that tells us that everything's messed up. I still think that there is some hope because you see there there is the great unknown out there. Two and seven. Um, I we, can two. Can I finish? I'm just letting you know. Can a brother finish? Go ahead. Two and seven. Yes, I understand that. But the great unknown is out there. The hope is that you get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Or that's Bonick. the hope? Yeah, that's the hope right now. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? That's pretty brutal. Isn't if that's the, the hope. The hope the, is that we draft someone at the top of the draft Isn't next year. the hope now the opposite of what it was before where, okay, we think we might have a quarterback. We need to build around him. Well, now you've built... The offensive line is playing better. You've got weapons. You're building up the defense. Now insert a good quarterback like C.J. Stroud coming into the Texans, and maybe you can do something next year, right? Like the, the hope is that you're, you've built the foundation because you add to the defensive and offensive line and you have decent units there, and then you add the quarterback, and that propels you because we know that both – Fields and Bajans are probably not the guys. All calls welcome. It's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Who is the most disappointing team in the NFL to this point this season? Oh got some options for you okay well the bears are one of them yeah i think they're in the conversation right the bears are one of them uh there's two other teams that i think are uh, obvious one made the playoffs last year the other uh has a new head coach and everyone thought that the head coach and the quarterback were going to be awesome together we're going to be so good together the broncos broncos are one the broncos are really bad this season the other team's a team that made the playoffs last year they're two and seven now Hmm. The New York Giants. Yeah. I mean, listen. 
So if I ask you who's the most disappointing team in the NFL, Giants, Broncos, Bears, am I missing someone? I I don't think the Giants are disappointed. Disappointing. I told listen, I told y'all that Daniel Jones sucked. I told you guys this. Daniel Jones sucks as a quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. And they decided to hitch their wagon to him. That's their fault. I know he's hurt now, but that's a that was a poor move. So oh, that's not disappointing. Yeah, but being two and seven is not. That's more to, more so. I don't think before. I don't think when the season was starting, you were no. predicting the Giants to be one of the worst teams in the league. No, but they, they were a playoff team last year. And Brian Dables, we I thought didn't think he they'd was make a good the head coach. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs this year with the Eagles Perhaps. and the Cowboys. Five hundred in the mix is okay. where I thought they sure. would be. Sure. I would imagine uh, people who follow the Giants would say it's a pretty disappointing year. Yeah, right. Uh, they might. The Broncos had a lot of national. Uh, publicity heading into the season people for some reason thought that danger wilson and mm-hmm. sean payton were going to be a dynamic duo i think the rams are more disappointing they've got injuries now but i think the rams are more disappointing than the giants i, I was going to add the rams to my list because i thought they would be better but i don't know if the rest of football society thought that rams were going to be good this year i think that if you I had like the rams a, a healthy, before before the season started if you had a healthy matthew stafford and the rest of that team is healthy then yeah i think that that's a team that people thought would be better than they are right now so is the answer denver is denver yeah. the most disappointing team well again it's the same thing right it's the same thing as daniel jones we saw what russell wilson was everybody said russell wilson was bad last year Toast. everybody but oh all of a sudden, a coach is going to come in and change that? Is he playing? Last I checked, he's not playing. Sean Payton doesn't play football. He coaches football. You can't fix Russell Wilson when he's been bad. And, like, the Seahawks saw it. The Seahawks aren't in the business of getting rid of, of very good players, especially at the quarterback position. They saw it before we all saw it. Russell the, Wilson is bad. The Twitch chat is saying Atlanta, but Atlanta's four and five. There's no way being four and five, you're the most disappointing team in the. No. I mean, if you want to go down that path. Maybe you could convince me that Buffalo at five and four is more disappointing than, say, Denver or the Giants or the Bears, because we, some people thought Buffalo would be a championship contending team, although it feels like the, the shine on that run is starting to kind of wear off. I thought that they would be better than five and four, but I also think everybody thought the Jets would be better, but obviously the yeah, quarterback yeah, gets injuries. Hurt be, yeah, you can't really put them in there. But I, I feel as if you're 500 or above 500, you can't be the most disappointing team in football if you're above 500. So, like, I would eliminate the Bills, and that's why the three teams that, that I have on my list were the Giants, the Broncos, and the Bears. I put a question mark next to the Raiders. I think the Raiders have some talent. They've obviously fired their coach already, and they got a big win last week. I don't know if the Raiders are the most disappointing team in football because I think the same viewpoint that that we kind of discussed with Denver or the Giants is like, I don't think a lot of people really believed in the Raiders heading into no. the season. No, I think that that division, especially looking at it, you know, Chiefs, Chargers, obviously top of the division. That division's shaking out the exact way I thought it would. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Absolutely. Wednesday night calls. All calls welcome with Black and Abdallah, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. We go to Greg in Lincolnwood. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Greg? Hey, guys. I think it's a, it's all a function of expectations, right? I mean, you look at the Bears from last year. They were they had the worst record, first pick overall. And the only thing that changed in the offseason was runaway optimism. Same thing with the Broncos. We knew who Russ was. Peyton's not that magical of a coach. And like you said, Jones sucks. The Giants probably benefited more than anything from a good schedule last year. So it's 
to me, it's the most interesting thing about the NFL is how these narratives kind of get ahead of the skill sets and the actual abilities of the teams in question. Well, I'll, I mean, listen, the results yeah. aren't dictating it, Greg, but I'll disagree with you about the Bears. They spent a ton of money on the defense. They drafted uh, a, a cornerstone offensive line player, and they went out and traded for one of the better wide receivers in football. They should I, be better. I, the Bears should be better. I, I, like, that's more than just being like, we'll be better next year and hope for the best, right? You know what I mean? Like, they actually went out and made moves. It hasn't resulted in anything, but they, like, went out there and did stuff. Well, fair, fair point, and... I need to disclose I'm a Packers fan, so I do study the Bears very closely. <laughs> but how many teams win the offseason and actually show returns on it the year oh, following? And this is like the second or third year in a row the Bears won the offseason. And I think that they have one cornerstone offensive lineman, and you could trace a lot of their ills back to the fact that they've never built anything close to a credible O-line. And it just goes back decades. And yeah. if you put an O-line in front of fields, Dude, he could be a pro bowler every year, but we'll never know, right? Yeah. It's possible. Thanks for the call, Greg. Appreciate you. There he is. There's Greg in Lincolnwood. Uh, We go to Tom in Oaklawn. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? Uh, Good evening. I was just calling about the Bears. And, you know, uh, you listen to people's opinions throughout the day on the station, and everybody's got valid points. And the one question I have is – because, okay, the Bears are bad, okay, and they have been for years. This isn't something new. They've been a average to below average football team for many, many years. Okay, yep. now my question is, what about ownership? Do you guys ever hear about what the McCaskies think or say? Do you remember the... When George McCaskey came out and he was teared up crying or whatever, mom is upset, you know, and we're going to change things. And uh, I I just find the whole thing a joke. I know that they're going to make their money by owning the Bears. What do you think they'd be like, hey, we might be able to make a little more money if we put a valid product on the, on the field, but they don't. Yeah, Tom, I, I, I think they... You know, I don't want to... I'm not going to rip a player or a coach or anything. My, I, If I'm going to rip anybody, it's going to be the ownership because it, it it really stinks, and then that trickles down, you know? It starts at the top. Yeah. And when it, the top sucks, everything else is going to suck underneath it. That's all. That's my question for you guys. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Tom. I, I think ownership cares. I think they want to win. I think they understand if they win, that will equal more money. Like, I don't think they're sitting around not understanding that they need to win. Like they want to win. I don't think that they necessarily know how to, but that's why they hired Kevin Warren to be the man in charge to try and facilitate the rest of the organization, whether it be building a new stadium or making sure the football operations are set to try and win for the future. I think if they would have promoted someone from within to take Ted Phillips spot, yeah, and then just been like, "Well, we like what's going on, so we're just gonna promote from within." But no, they went out and got no, an they... outside voice to come in and try to right this ship. So I, the ownership cares, and we've outside been, a strong outside presence to come in and try and fix. Things. We've been up there enough to know that ownership cares. Yeah, they care. It, it's it, they care. Do do they know how to do it? I think that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- I think they desperately care and they desperately want to win football games. Yeah. I, I think that's something that the family 
absolutely wants. It's Black and Abdal on a Wednesday night. A special All Calls Welcome sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Coming up next, we will get the preview for the gambling weekend with the Fat Jack. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Wednesday night right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears face off against the Panthers tomorrow night. That means it's time to start previewing the gambling weekend with the Fat Jack. Here comes the money. Ready to fatten up your winnings? You got something to eat up in there? We home. Best football picks, give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly! On Black and Abdallah. Here comes the money. Sign up now at his website, FatJackSports.com, or call 800-298-1383. Jack, how'd you do last weekend? Absolute fire, oh, right, right, Jack? Absolute fire. Yeah, fire. It's been domination. I mean, it's been absolutely Operation Clean Sweep domination. By the way, they're going to play the the Bears Carolina game instead of us tomorrow night. I'm just checking. Yep, yep, yep. We carry uh, every Chicago Bears home game right here on ESPN 1000. Yep. For better or worse, it's like being uh, my mom and her third husband. I mean, you know, what? you're married, you got to get across the finish line. So that's fine. Um, yeah, you know, here's the deal, guys. We just we just keep winning. The UFC. Let me start with that because. Jordan has not had the best year on, on the planet, for sure. But there's nothing better to 4-0. and And he's actually caught fire here the last few weeks. So mm-hmm. things are going much better with the UFC. It's 4-0 nice. uh, last Saturday. And that was the, the least of everybody's to profit. I mean, with the basketball 7-0 and over the last five days to start the college season and with the NBA. Uh, football won again. One Saturday went 4-2. and One Sunday went 3-2. and um, Everything won. Uh, we won last Monday, won last Thursday, and last week. So everybody's winning right now. If you go to FatJackSports.com, you don't have to take our word for it. It's all posted there, all documented under the results tab. Everybody pays the same price. It doesn't matter whether you bet 50 bucks a game or 20000 a game or somewhere in between. You get the same place emailed to you, no upselling, nothing like that. And another weekend coming up, guys, and we've been running them together. You know, I was 11-1 and one three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we have not had – we've had one losing day in football since. I mean, we lost Monday night. Because some idiot tied in for the Jets can't catch a 10-yard meaningless pass at the end of the game. And hit him right in the chest. I mean, he just falls off and kicking it off his feet. He looked like my daughter when she played flag football. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. That's the only loss. We won Monday. We won Thursday. All those days. By the way, if you're playing tonight um, and you're out driving around or whatever, Eastern Michigan plus the points okay. um, has not gone yet. Put you in, put you a couple bucks on it. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying load up. Don't mortgage the house on it. It's it's waxion. You know, it's maxion. Middle of the week nothingness. But if you're bored tonight and don't want to wait till tomorrow night, play Eastern Michigan plus the points. And when they cover, sign up at FatJackSports.com. So I'm excited about the weekend. I know you guys are as well. Who do you who do you who are you looking forward to the most? Is it the Bears, Carolina? Is that where we're going? Well, well, the, well, you know how it is, Jack. We yeah. we have to watch that game uh, yeah. here in the city of Chicago. Um, I know you usually joke about these are the games that we shouldn't be putting our money on because then we have to watch it. But this is a nationally televised game on Prime TV. So uh, Bears-Panthers, what should we do here? 
yeah, I mean, what are you, you going to do? You know, not, you're going to do laundry tomorrow night. I mean, you're going to have to bet it. It's on the only game on, and and so yeah, I think that's probably where you start. Under the total is, is the the easy play. All right, everything's going under. Last week, eleven and three to the under across the board in the NFL. Um, since week five, sixty-seven percent of all NFL games have gone under the total. Guys, it's almost seven out of ten since week five. If you just blind bet the under. You're Kenny Rogers. I mean, you're literally wearing a gold chain, thinking about heading over the river, out to bet, bet over at the casino at Harris. 61% of, of all NFL games this year have gone under the total. Primetime games are even more obscene. So we get a primetime game tomorrow night. 22-7 and seven are primetime games against the spread. They're under, under the total. 76% of all primetime games. And the last four weeks, Nine and one. Have you guys talked about this? You don't seem that shocked, but I mean, nine of, nine of the last ten games that are primetime games over the last four weeks have gone under. Oh, by the way, international games four and zero to the under their last four. So everything's leading under. And I, I don't know that we see a barn burner in this one either. I mean, Chicago's defense has not been great. Carolina won six and one against the spread. Uh, they've won one game. I actually released them during their one win a couple weeks ago. Uh, when they kicked a field goal at the end to win. Uh, and Carolina also 6-3 and three to the under their last nine games. So everything would tell you play under. Eventually the streaks will end, but this year it's become a little more than just a, a small streak. I mean, 9-1 and one, primetime games the last four weeks, 90%, guys. I mean, they just they can't set it low enough. The total is 39, 38, 39, somewhere. Expect it to go down. It's a little bit like betting Iowa. It doesn't seem to matter who Iowa plays in college football. Just play the under because they're not scoring and they're not giving up any points. Primetime games, for whatever reason, have made people a lot of money going under, and I would probably stick there for now. I feel like I'm walking into a trap here with the uh, Jaguars and the 49ers. The Jaguars are three-point underdogs at home. They've won five in a row. The 49ers have lost three in a row. Am Am I a sucker for wanting to bet the Jaguars here, getting three points at home? No, you know, there's some, some deeper numbers, deeper analytics that will tell you the Jags are probably the place right now also. I don't believe no, – we talked about this when I was in London. But I'd seen Jacksonville play, didn't love what they were doing. Their core Lawrence was missing open receivers, and they've done nothing but win since. So clearly I don't need to show up in London, you know, sleep-deprived and start judging Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville Jaguars because they're, they're doing something right that I was not seeing at that time. Here's another kind of stat. This is it's a little bit random, but it makes some sense. Jaguars when they are they're a three point dog on Sunday to the 49ers, and the total is 45. Jacksonville, the last eight times that they have been an underdog, and the totals 50 or lower. So it's a real small subset, but it makes some sense. Jacksonville doesn't run away and hide. They don't score a bunch of points. It's typically done in an ugly fashion. But so when you make them an underdog. And you have a lower total, which is what we're looking at here, 45. You know, it's middle middle of the road. There ain't no, not just straight up, but winning. They win the game. When you keep the total low and make them an underdog, they typically figure out a way to muddy it up and win. This one's at home as well. So um, just a lead. Like I said, I think if you put these two, even with the way San Francisco's played lately, if you put these two teams out every single week and they just played each other, I, mean, I, think, I think San Fran wins 10 or 11 times easily. They're the better team top to bottom. But right now you have teams going different ways. But with the longest streaks in the league uh, with Jacksonville and a San Francisco team that is banged up, not playing very well, a little bit of confidence, problems in turning the ball over, not a good combination. So there's a bunch of reasons to look at the Jacks. I'd also 
I don't want to be a broken record here, but I'd also look to the under. I don't see either of these teams running away and scoring a whole lot of points. And so especially if you're going to play Jacksonville, I'd go ahead and play under as well, as I think uh, points will be a premium in this one. Jack, back in August, you were here in studio with us, and uh, we were talking, and at the end of our, our preview of the football season, you always give us a team to look for that could be a, a dark horse, a sleeper pick to make the Super Bowl. And the team that you told us about this year was the Baltimore Ravens. This team is rolling. And I think right now you can make an argument that they're the best team in football. Uh, just your thoughts on the Ravens to this point, the fact that they host the Browns this weekend. They're a six-point favorite in that contest. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of guessing going on with you. And I know you guys, we've done this long enough, but yeah. you know. I mean, last year I gave you Philadelphia. They made the game. We hedged out of that ten times our, our bet on that. The year before that I gave you the Rams in studio. They end up taking yep. all the way. We're, we're not guessing. I mean, this, this, I, and I'm, I'm not willing to put. I'm not book. If I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, I live in Baltimore. I'm not booking my reservation in Vegas yet. All right, because this this offense needs to do a little bit more. But yeah, a, a small snapshot of what the season is right now. I mean, they're up there with two or three teams that are just getting it done. I don't love you know getting the playoffs. Consistency at quarterback is the key, and I don't know that Lamar Jackson's there yet. But most of the time, we've seen it with Cincinnati uh, recently in the past, past few years, teams start rolling, and they're certainly in the conversation. When we gave them out, they were 18 to 1. If they win the Super Bowl, I'm going to make about 140,000. So, and I'll hedge back some of that by the time we get there. But yeah, at 18, 20 to 1, you don't even have to get them to win. You just got to get them relevant in the playoffs. And the main thing right now is the way they're playing might be looking at a bye, might be looking at a home field. You know, you, you're just you're not trying to get them necessarily across the finish line. Just make them relevant as we get a game or two into the playoffs. They're playing the number one defense in the league. This will be a good test for them because Cleveland, although not good offensively, they're still very dominant defensively, number one statistically in the league. They're having to go on the road. Baltimore's at home. Ten of the last 11 Baltimore games at home have gone under. We're talking about under trends. Um, th- this is another one. Four of the last five games of the series have gone under. It's 37 working down as it should. Ten of the last 11 Baltimore Ravens games have gone under. That always leaves the back door open for a cover. So I'd stay away from the side. I play under the game. Baltimore doesn't care about scoring a lot. They just want to score more than their opponent. And their, their number one objective, as a lot of teams are this time of year, is don't turn the ball over. All right, we're getting that with whoever's playing quarterback in Atlanta. We're getting that certainly with with guys like um, Josh Allen, don't turn it over. Number one thing, don't turn it over. Uh, Prescott, don't turn it over. Don't turn. It. That's the number one thing. Well, Baltimore's the same way. That with them, with Lamar Jackson, he is a dynamic runner, but they can't give extra possessions to their opponents. So I would go into the total. I think this is a three yards cloud of dust. Punt the ball away. Field goal into death. You get the field goal advantage for sure, Baltimore, and you're at home. So lean towards Cleveland plus the points. Better play on the under. C.J. Stroud set records for a uh, touchdowns in a game as a rookie quarterback. He had five touchdowns last week. The Bengals also looked really good as they uh, handled the Bills last weekend on Sunday Night Football. Uh, are there are the Texans undervalued here in this game with the Bengals uh, as a six and a half point favorite? Now, anytime you look in the rearview mirror and see something great happen, in the NFL, you almost always want to go contrarian to that. So, CJ Stroud is not the next coming of Brett Favre or Johnny Unitas or whoever. He will back up off that performance. He's certainly the best of the Ohio State type quarter, all the guys coming out of the Big Ten. Um, but that was, an, that was a, a, an aberration. He's not going to be putting up those type of numbers each week. Now, we'll tell you, in this series, Houston does really well. They've covered five in a row against Cincinnati when they've been playing at Cincinnati. So 
Um, there is some a little bit of momentum certainly carrying over. Five of the last, another one of those. I don't know what we're going to do this weekend if nobody scores any points. I mean, <laughs> this is another one. We're going to be sitting around watching, doing laundry, watching things, thinking, gosh, Carolina, Chicago is only the beginning of the punt fest because this is another one that five of the last six in the series have gone under, and both of these teams, Cincinnati is not going to feel like they have to open anything up. Even though, even I don't care what happened last week, they do not believe that an offensive juggernaut is coming into to Cincinnati this weekend. So they're going to play conservative. They're going to try to run it. Short passing game. Keep Burroughs out of some problems and make sure he doesn't get injured. Those type of things. Houston will open it up, but it's the minute that goes wrong on the road, they're going to have to go back to being a little more conservative. So five of the last six have gone under the series. I'd go under in that one as well, as much as I hate to. Uh, under the total in that one. I can't play Houston. What goes up will come down in the NFL almost on a weekly basis. Find the highest scoring team one week. Unless it's somebody that four out of five is the highest score, they're going to come back. They're going to come back to the middle. Same way on the bottom. Teams that don't score. Look for New England to score more points this week. Um, they're a team that nobody you know, looks at uh, offensively like they have any ability, and they're, they're probably not wrong with that. But Indy has gone over the total 11 of 15 games this year. This team gives up a bunch of points. That is the kryptonite for Indy. Go on the road to a team that can play defense, isn't going to quit on their head coach, I don't think that's happening, and give up some points. That's how New England wins. Look for them to score some points. That would be one of those that you might initially think under, but you might want to look over. Also, New England 5-0 against the spread their last five of the series. So Now, they're not covering this year, but again, we're going to regress to the mean here. New England 2-7 and seven against the spread this year. Expect them to go to 3-7 and seven after this one. I like New England at home. The Chargers are at home against the Lions. I feel like the Chargers are starting to figure some things out in this season, and Detroit has been pretty good to this point. They're 6-2. and two. Are the Lions good enough to be on the road as a favorite and still cover? You know, I think both of the if you're if you're taking what you saw last week against the Jets, which most people I don't know watch that whole game, unless you had over and you're watching guys bounce footballs off their pads late in the game to get it over. I'm not sure if you're watching that thing. I don't put a lot of stake in that. Uh, and, and answer, but the answer is no. Detroit is still overvalued. The general public loves them. They're always getting the majority of the money, and they're a team that you want to pull for, you want to like. But I've been betting against them some lately. And it's worked. I mean, not not a lot, but the one time that they didn't cover when they step up in class, uh, they they did not cover. So they're five and one against the spread of the last six. But that one was when they stepped up. Also, uh, Los Angeles not scoring a ton of points. Uh, five and zero oh to the under their last five games. So I would lean toward the Chargers. Expect just expecting a little momentum and that home field that's really not a home field out in L.A. Um, and, and then just a lead toward the over as well. Chargers have been going under, but I think we saw a little glimpse of what they should be doing offensively, getting the running game more involved, a few more receivers involved. Total's a little high. You'll find some value in the under there as far as what general public would think. I think the probably goes over. So lean toward the Chargers and over the total. Listen, Jack, I don't want to watch this game. You don't want to watch this game. But it's 16 and a half points. Like, this is the NFL. Teams shouldn't be favored over, over other NFL teams you by gotta, six. You gotta take the points. Like, right? you gotta take the points gotta with take the Giants the and Cowboys, right? Like, Talk the six, us out of betting the Giants. Like 16 is just, it's, it's the NFL, for God's sake. Is this not the same team that last week we said was going to Las Vegas and they fired everybody, basically? Uh, the owner with the comb over basically told everybody, there's the door. We're going to have this linebacker coach that literally is tearing down things in the locker room. He's a typical linebacker coach. And everybody's going, oh, my gosh, so they're still, you know, what's going on there? How could they possibly? And they went out and just laid an absolute egg. Yeah. So the problem with covering these numbers is that when you get a team with a good defense, if it was another team, 
All right, even somebody with a moderate defense, just an okay defense but a pretty good offense, um, I, I would say yes, there's back doors open. But when you're a team like the Giants, who's playing? Did they get a ball boy or something like quarterback at this point? It can't be <laughs> Vinny Del Marco or whoever. I saw him last week. The guy couldn't throw it in the ocean. I mean, literally. Danny the third DeVito screen, is actually starting at quarterback yeah. for the Giants. Danny DeVito, yeah. Worst, Worst news, I, Danny DeVito, they should get him off the sub-commercials, fire him out there and run the option. They'd have more chance of scoring points than with Donnie DeVito, who underthrew every deep ball he had last week. It was, it was embarrassing. To if I was his parents, I would have gone to the bar. And I don't even drink. I literally would have said, you know what, I've seen enough of this. Let's go to the bar and get drunk. So I don't know that the Cowboys are a healer for that type of thing. And think of it, uh, Alabama, Georgia, those type SEC teams that play really good defense. So you get these big numbers, but if you can't score, how are you going to get the ball in the end zone? That's a, you know, they don't even have to rush more than four. I mean, with, with their front four with the Cowboys, they're going to get pressure all the time. So, I, yeah, I could never, never play the Giants here. Again, you know, I watch it if you play it. And I'm not going to watch Danny DeVito or his brother David DeVito play quarterback. <laughs> so I, if you make me play it, I'm playing Dallas, and I think it ends about 38 nothing. So you're going to have to earn the total, and shame on you for betting the total <laughs> in this game, and probably a blowout for the Cowboys. See, I'm going to play the points, play the big number. Jack, anything on Saturday that we should keep our eyes on? There's a big, uh, big game to start the day, the big nooner, Michigan-Penn State. Anything on Saturday we should uh, look at? Can I bet Connor Stallion's mentions? Is that, a, is that a bet that's on the board? Who's Iowa playing? Let's go under 15 <laughs> points with them. Just find you know, Iowa. Just find Iowa. Iowa auto bet it under. The over-under I'm seeing on the, that ESPN is listing is 28 and a half. Yeah. 28 and a half. How is that and, real? And, you know, they're, they're halftime. Line. This is so funny. Last week, I was killing it. I looked at halftime. The in-game line for the Iowa game, 14. <laughs> <laughs> nope. The total game, the end game was 14. They blew over it late, I guess. The guy was like 10 to 7 or something, so they blew over it. No, under with Iowa every week um, <laughs> until further No, They can't score. They're stopping everybody. And over in USC every week. Yeah. I don't care who USC plays. You know, Caleb Williams crying, with my, which is fine. I'm, a guy, I'm not afraid to cry now and then. Not my problem. But that's not going to help the defense. Fire and Grinch is not going to help. The, they stink defensively. It doesn't matter. And Oregon's going to beat them by 100 if they can. This is one of those recruiting games. All right, so you, you don't let USC hang around if you're Oregon because you need all of the athletes on the mm-hmm. West Coast to come to Oregon and not go to USC. So if they can beat them by 50, trust yeah. me, they're going to. I'd lay the big number there, and I would auto bet over with USC until further notice. Jack, our listeners, if they go to your website and sign up today at FatJackSports.com, what would they receive? Well, less mayhem and more solid winners. I mean, gosh, guys, we're just, it's been a month now, and we are, everybody's winning in every sport. Now, that doesn't always happen. I have to come on here sometimes and say, God, that was no fun. We lost this week. I got a bunch of drunk idiots calling me and telling me how I stink. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, and right now, I can't even see those days. It had an S in the front of the month the last time we had a bad week. Going great right now. Everything's, as I said, 7-0 and in basketball over the last four days. Hoops going tonight, of course, football and basketball going tomorrow. Everything going. Jordan was 4-0 with the UFC last weekend. He is rolling right now. Go to FatJackSports.com. Stop getting the runaround or guessing. Most guys are just guessing, trying to make it to Thanksgiving right now. You are better than that. 169 for football, 199 football and hoops for the longer packages save you a ton of money. 399 for football, 499 football and basketball all the way through the end of November. FatJackSports.com, sign up today and win this weekend. Thank you, Jack. We'll talk to you next Thursday.
Guys, have a great weekend. I'll see you soon. There he is. There's the Fat Jack. Get to his website. Sign up today, fatjacksports.com, or call 800-298-1383. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We will continue taking your phone calls. It's an all-calls welcome Wednesday night, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Abdallah, I'll give you uh, 10 seconds to preview the Bulls and the Suns coming up at 7 o'clock at the UC. Your thoughts, Bulls and Suns tonight. FanDuel game of the night time. That's right. It's brought to you by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Abdallah, A-B-D-A-L-L-A, and bet the Suns money line. That's your FanDuel game of the night. All right, right here on ESPN 1000. Bradley Beal in the starting lineup for the Suns. He'll be starting for the first time this season. So Beal, Booker, Durant against the Chicago Bulls. All right. <laughs> Both teams are under 500 coming into this game. The Suns are 3-4. Cool. and four, The Bulls are 3-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Coming off of a good win a couple days ago. All so right. maybe, maybe the Bulls can uh, yeah. keep it rolling. Okay. We'll have the song of the night coming up next. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.